Welcome to episode 110 of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast for Wednesday, September 24th, 2008. My name is David, and I'm a Fred. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Fredcast. This is David. I am here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's day one of the 2008 Interbike Expo. Now, you may be saying to yourself, wait, wait a minute, what have those last two shows been? Well, quite simply, that was the outdoor demo portion of the show, and this is the actual indoor expo portion of the show. Well, today was a long day. Seems like I didn't get a whole lot done. Only got a chance to walk maybe four or five aisles of this massive show. So I've got a lot to do over the next couple of days. I was able to capture a couple of interviews for you, but along the way, did a bunch of other stuff, attended the Interbike Web 2.0 panel discussion. Our friend Tim Jackson from Mozzie Bikes was on there, Eldon Nelson from Fat Cyclist, uh, one of the publishers of Velo News, uh, and a number of other web luminaries from the bike industry were on the panel tomorrow. Well, it's part two of the Web 2.0 panel. Again, lots of web luminaries and then me. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted. Other events that took place today, we did do a live version of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast, and we did that on television. Hopefully a lot of you got to watch us as we recorded that podcast. Hopefully I didn't look too silly. Um, But I think we had a good discussion about industry trends and also a little bit about the whole Lance Armstrong situation. On the show today, of course, Carlton Reed from BikeBiz.com and QuickRelease.tv, Tim Grawl from CommuteByBike.com, Donna Tosi, formerly of Kryptonite Now, the Web 2.0 uh, director, if you will, for Ingersoll Rand, the parent company of Kryptonite. Also on the show, Tim, the Mozzie Guy Jackson, and finally, Richard, also known as Fritz from Cyclicious. It was a good show. I will be putting that up a little bit later today in video form on the spokesman.com. That's the hyphen spokesman.com. So go ahead and check that out. Also today, Lance Armstrong held his press conference in New York City at the Clinton Global Foundation, and that was his opportunity to let the world know what his plans were um, vis-a-vis returning to professional cycling in 2009. He made it clear that he was doing this to continue to raise awareness for the global fight against cancer. It was also hinted that he would indeed be joining the Astana cycling team in 2009. Uh, There were a bunch of press releases from Kazakhstan talking about that. Uh, And it looks like if that happens, Alberto Contador may indeed go looking for another team. Not quite certain whether that means that Levi Leipheimer will work for Lance or whether he'll go looking for another team. But we may find out more tomorrow when Lance Armstrong does his press conference here at Interbike at 9 a.m. I will be there. Uh, uh, hopefully in the room. I'll try to get there really early to make that happen. And if so, I'm hoping to be live blogging that event. Check out www.thefredcast.com where you'll be able to follow along in that live blog. If the live blog doesn't work for some reason, if they don't have Wi-Fi in that room, I will revert to Twitter. And that's where I'll be letting you know everything that's going on at that press conference. And that's twitter.com slash Fredcast. So go to thefredcast.com first. I'll let you know there whether or not we'll be doing a live blog 
uh, right there on the site or whether we'll be doing it via Twitter. So go ahead and check that out. Well, that's about all I've got for you today. It was a very busy day. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. It's time to get this show in the can so that I can get some rest because there are two more marathon days left of Interbike 2008. So let's get started with the interviews. I've got five of them for you today. I'll put them back to back. Hope you enjoy them. And also, before we get to those interviews, don't forget that tomorrow, Thursday, September the 25th, the Fredcast, along with CommuteByBike.com and BikeHugger.com, will be putting on the mobile social interbike. We'll be meeting at 6 o'clock in front of the Sands Convention Center. We will be riding from there over to Mandalay Bay. And from there, we will go to our VIP hospitality tent. You're all invited to that because you're all VIPs, of course. And that's where we will be viewing the criterium, both the Pro Criterium and the Industry Cup. And uh, for those of you who get there early enough... Uh, We'll be giving out drink tickets, and hopefully we won't run out of those too soon, but also it will be your opportunity to grab a raffle ticket for some of the great swag that we will be giving away. Our main sponsor is indeed Sportgenic, but also Ibex, Crumpler, Jensen USA, Dahan, and several others, and we thank all of them for their support. So we hope that we'll see you out there tomorrow at the Mobile Social Interbike Starting at the Sands, you don't have to ride if you don't want to, but it would be great if you rode along with us. And then from there, we'll be going to Mandalay Bay to watch the USA Crit Finals. Join us there. In the meantime, enjoy these interviews. And then at the end, enjoy the music. But as always, most of all, enjoy the ride. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, as you walk down the show floor here at Interbike, there's one bike that will definitely stand out and catch your eye, and it's here in the Delta 7 Sports Booth. I'm with Tyler Evans. He's the general manager of Delta 7. Because this is audio, describe why it is that your bike is so eye-catching. Well, the most unique thing about our bike, you can see instantly, it's the Isotrust technology. It's an open lattice tube structure that looks kind of like a cage or a grid or a truss. And what that, that isotrust structure does for our bicycle is it creates unparalleled strength, unparalleled stiffness, and, and a beautiful ride quality because even though you get all that stiffness, it's still made out of carbon fiber and Kevlar, so you get all the same vibration damping properties of other carbon fiber bikes. So it's a bike with uh, a lot more uh, bottom bracket and stay rigidity, uh, but not nearly as harsh as aluminum. So now, so that you understand, when he says lattice, he means it. I mean, you can you can put something through the tube because the tube is make up, made up of this lattice work of carbon fiber and Kevlar. Tell me about the technology because I've never seen this on a bike before. Absolutely, the Isotrust structure uh, was actually invented uh, years ago at at Brigham Young University. Uh, And it's been under development for over a decade, but Delta 7 Sports has licensed the rights to implement Isotrust technology in bicycles. We were captivated by this structure and its strength-to-weight ratio, and we thought this would be able to give us uh, the performance characteristics that nobody else has in a frame. And in order to prove the technology in such a dramatic way initially, we chose to do a mountain bike first so that we could prove how rugged and tough and strong and stiff this structure is. And now we've had the bikes out for a year. 
We've had racers putting over 1,700 miles on them and taking all kinds of abuse and replacing tons of components, but the frames are going strong. And so now we feel we felt ready to unveil a road bike version. And uh, we're excited about the road bike version because all of the ride characteristics that people are loving about the mountain bike frame are transferring right over into the road bike, including uh, bottom bracket stiffness, responsiveness, uh, vibration damping, all of those. So on the mountain bike, it's, well, I mean, technically it's a hardtail, but let's talk a little bit about what it feels like when you're out there on the trail. Certainly. Uh, the ride characteristics are always difficult to quantify, but all of our riders, everybody who rides it, uh, comes back with their eyes wide open and they say, uh, this is so amazing, it's so responsive, it corners like it's on rails, and uh, another thing people say is, I expected a lightweight hardtail to climb like a mountain goat, but I never expected a bike like this to descend as smoothly and as as responsively as it did. Okay, the road bike. Uh, I ride a carbon fiber road bike, and there is sometimes in carbon fiber a trade-off between the vibration damping and the comfort over long distances and, um, as you said, the responsiveness when you stand up and pedal on a, on a hill. Tell me about how the IsoTrust technology uh, affects the power transfer from the rider to the road. Yeah, well, it's all about the ISO truss because it's a truss structure, and you see those everywhere where you need super high strength and stiffness with very little weight. So anywhere from uh, bridges to roof trusses to everywhere. And what it does is is the ISO truss structure allows the, the frame to transfer that power beautifully back to the rear end. And that stiffness is a function of the structure, but the vibration damping is a function of the material, the composite. And what we use is a uh, high-modulus carbon with a uh, high, an aerospace-grade epoxy resin, and that gives us our vibration damping. So while we're talking about the structure, because it's a truss, I don't know how to say this gently, it looks fragile. And so, and so you worry about you know, durability and what's going to happen, especially a mountain bike, you crash, or even your road bike. Talk to me about that. Absolutely. Everybody, when they see this, the first question is, can you ride it? Or what happens when you crash? Or things like that. And we find that after people ride it the first time, they're blown away. After they own it and ride it for a little while, they start to uh, become desensitized. And our racers just abuse these things like crazy. Uh, and the, the lattice is not fragile at all. In fact, each individual member of the isotruss is thicker than the equivalent wall thickness of a cylindrical tube. So each member is already very strong to begin with. But because it's an open lattice instead of a continuous surface, if one portion does get broken, the, the crack or the damage doesn't propagate beyond the next adjacent intersection. So any damage is confined to that original point of impact, whereas with a traditional cylinder, cracks can propagate uh, instantaneously and, and in any direction along the tube. And become catastrophic. Absolutely. And so in your case, that little crack, which is natural for really any carbon tube, does not become catastrophic. 
Absolutely. And that's one of those things you have to experience it to believe it. But the IsoTrust is truly the most rugged format for carbon fiber. And a lot of people, especially in mountain bikes, are hesitant to adopt carbon fiber because they feel like their style of riding is too rugged for what carbon fiber can handle. But the IsoTrust is, is truly the carbon fiber style for them. Okay, new technology, really high-end technology. So you know the question everybody's going to ask. Talk to me about price and availability, too. Well, price and availability uh, were both initial issues, but they've been completely solved now. Uh, one of the things we've done, and, and they go hand in hand. What we've done, we used to only make ISO trusses in-house and then assemble the frames using components from other suppliers. We have since... Uh, moved all of our manufacturing in-house and we've achieved new efficiencies in the manual part of the ISO truss that no one ever thought possible either in the U.S. or overseas. And so we're really proud that we're able to keep all the manufacturing in the U.S. and, and uh, domestic, but we've at the same time achieved much better manufacturing capacity and availability and achieved a much lower price. We've taken about 30% off of the price of the bike. Right now, a an Arantix mountain bike frame costs $4,895, $4,895, and an Ascend road bike frame costs $59.95. So definitely competitive with other bikes out there, but with what sounds like superior technology. That's exactly how we feel. How can people get more information? People can get more information by going to www.delta7sports.com, and they can also contact the company directly. Excellent. Thanks so much for your time. Good luck at the show. Thanks. Another interbike, another visit to the iBike booth. I'm with John Heyman. He's the owner of VeloComp. That's the parent company of iBike, and you've got some new products you were telling me about. Very cool. We're looking at the iSport. Tell me about this product. Well, first let me say that it's great seeing you again. Um, I, I, I love the Fredcast, and, you you know, it's always fun to find out what's going on in cycling by listening to you. So thanks for stopping by. It's my pleasure, and I swear I did not give him any money to say that. No way. <laughs> Every year, we, we've now been here four years. The first year, we introduced the iBike Pro, and each year after that, it's like, what are we going to do this year to top ourselves? Because we're really focused on two things. Number one is innovation, and number two is making things that people want. So... What we've done this year, David, is we've taken the iBike technology and we've completely revamped it. Um, in March, we introduced the iBike Arrow. This is the first time we're showing it at Interbike, but it was a March introduction. We have a new industrial design for all of our products, and I'll talk about that again in a moment. We have the iBike Pro. Uh, it has new electronics in it. All of our models do. But the really cool thing this year is the iBike Sport. And this, we think, is a product that is finally going to take power to where it should be, which is in the, within the reach of everybody. Let me tell you what I mean. Power is a fantastic way to measure your physical performance. That's why competitive cyclists do it. But power is something where people say, why, why do I need that exactly? What's, what's the importance? Well, the fact is, there is no better way to get fit fast than to use power measurement as your aid. You can have very efficient workouts, you don't waste your time, you don't waste your energy, and you really get better fast. So what we did is we designed a new product called the iBike Sport, which is designed not for the racers, 
but for people who want to simply become better cyclists, and that's most of us. Now, what's cool about it? What's cool about it is that we include, built into the iBike Sport, a fitness test. You ride your bike for 20 minutes, and at the end of 20 minutes, it's going to tell you the truth. So I, several years ago, paid one of the more famous coaching services that you find on the Internet. You can draw your own conclusions. The first thing they did was have me do that 20-minute fitness test. Then they interpreted the results and came up with some workouts for me. Mm -hmm. The iBike Sport does that? Absolutely. It does the same 20-minute test. It does the same watts per kilogram measurement. And it also gives you a score in between 1 and 10. You're going to have to be 10 to be Lance. It can be 1 if you're me, unfortunately. Um, but once you have your score, there are workouts that are pre-programmed into the iSport. I and these are workouts that are designed by Boy Johnson, who is a professional cyclist, an elite-level coach, and someone who's worked with power for many years. Now, what do you do? You, what, it depends on your fitness objective. You want to lose weight? You pick the uh, weight loss workout. You want to get your heart working better for more efficiency? There's a cardio workout. You just want more physical strength? You do that. You can alternate the workouts. It's all right in the iBike Sport. There's no computer required, no PC, no Mac. It's just all built in. And you go out, enjoy your bike rides, and you get fit fast. Now... Because there's no computer, it's much easier to set up. Uh, in earlier years, we had things called coast downs, which uh, are, are, if you want the last bit of uh, accuracy, you do a coast down. We have an algorithm in here which estimates those very well. You just tell it how tall you are and what your weight is and what your riding position is. It'll, it'll do all of that. And you're all set to go. That's it. That's really it. But what's the most amazing thing of all is that with a wired handlebar mount, this unit will retail for $199, which means that instead of buying that high-end cycling computer, which gives you cadence and maybe heart rate, and what are you going to do with that? You get the iBike Sport. You get a real benefit that most people want, which is fast fitness, and you get it for $199. And supposing, supposing you start out, because a lot of people really don't know what power is about, whether or not they like it. They're going to love this product. They're going to love power. And they're going to say, you know what? I know I can do downloads. I know people do all that stuff all the time. You can take your iBike Sport, purchase an upgrade from us, and convert it into a full-fledged iBike Pro. And the price for the upgrade? $250. Okay, so you really are revolutionizing bringing power to everyone. Um, one of the questions that I get asked most frequently when people say, hey, David, I know you've ridden the iBike. I know that you've liked it. They ask me about accuracy. Talk to me about that when it comes to, you know, a $200 power meter. We are using the same technology in the iBike Sport that we're using in our top iBike Aero. This is a Fredcast, so I can't show you, but over on my computer screen, we have spent a lot of money and a lot of time with all of our products and our competitors' products. And the fact is that these products are routinely within a few percent of an SRM, a Power Tap, a Quark Cinco, an Ergomo, God rest their soul, <laughs> and, and any credible power meter. The product performs superbly. It's not a claim, it's a fact. It's a fact that's supported by data. Pretty amazing stuff. Where can people get more information? 
They can get information from our website, iBikeSports, that's plural, .com, and we'll start shipping these uh, new products at the end of October. John, good to see you. Thanks again. Thanks much, David. It's great seeing you. I'm with Steve from Cycle Time LLC. Steve's got a new product called the Bike Fitting Kit. It sounds scary. Steve, what are we talking about? Uh, it's a very simple kit. It's very user-friendly. It's a bike fitting kit that you do at home. Uh, it's for road and mountain bikes. And it comes with an uh, instructional DVD and all the tools needed to set your bike up correctly. Then it also comes with a fine-tuning guide where after you get your bike set up, you go on longer rides and adjust your bike based on your body's feedback. It has the 16 most common aches and pains that's caused from a misadjusted bike, what the most likely cause is, and what adjustment you need to make to correct the problem. It's a great idea. I went and spent several hundred dollars having my bike fitted. Um, what gave you the idea of doing something like this? Well, I had, I've had two injuries caused from a misadjusted bike, and my physical therapist recommended I go have a bike fitting done, and so I did that, and it totally changed the way I, I rode. And I thought, what a great gift it would be if every cyclist could go through this. It would just change the sport of cycling. And that led me down the road, a lot of research, a lot of years into it. Uh, It's getting me to the point where I'm at right now. So actually, somebody at your booth just asked a great question, and I know it will definitely come up. There's a lot of different theories when it comes to bike fitting. Um, You said you did a lot of research. Tell me a little bit about whose theories you've been following in putting together this, um, this product. Well, I worked originally with uh, some professional bike fitters and some physical therapists, came out with a kit, and then right after that, that was about that time I came out with it, Andy Pruitt came out with his book, and I got that, and it was a lot of, mo- most of my kit is in line with what Andy Pruitt says, and he's one of the foremost bike fitting experts in the world, and so I was very pleased that, that there was that alignment, that my theories were right on with his. Tell me about the process. So it's, it's got a DVD and it's got all the, the tools and measuring devices that are necessary. Tell me about how someone wants walk me through the process of fitting the bike at home. Well, you set up uh, your bike in a trainer. If you have a trainer, if not, you could put your bike in a doorway on a flat surface. Uh, you do need a helper to help you w- go through the process. And it just walks you through the basically the whole, there's nine steps for for aligning the three contact points on the bike and gives you different recommendations for the style of riding that you do. And, and so how long should the process take? Probably, I would say, 45 minutes to an hour to go all the way through. It, the DVD does tell you how it defines correct positioning, and then it tells you how to make the adjustment to your bike, and it shows that on the DVD. It also talks about the benefits of correct positioning and the consequences of not having it for each position. Okay. As compared to the several hundred dollars I spent, what's a consumer going to spend to be able to do this at home? Forty-four ninety-five. Okay. That's a huge savings. So the next question is, where will people, people be able to get it and where will they get more information? Uh, you can get the information at www.bikefittingkit.com and you can order the product there. Excellent. Well, good luck at the show. It's a great product. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as you all know, I travel a bit for my day job, and when I travel, I do like to stay in shape on a bike, but sometimes it's hard to find a bike that I can use when I'm out of town. And so I'm with George Gill. He's the founder and president of RentABikeNow.com. George, tell me about the site. Thank you very much, David. Uh, RentABikeNow.com 
is North America's only online coast-to-coast bike rental network that goes through bike shops. So essentially, uh, bike shops list their available rental bikes on our site for free, and then consumers can go to our site and select, uh, use criteria to select and find a bike wherever they travel. They tell us where they're traveling, the dates they want a rental bike, they tell us the type of bike they want, and then they're presented with a search result of all the available bikes in that market, and they can pick which one they want according to just a, a, a broad base of, of criteria. They can choose it by you know the exact type of bike, by the shop's hours that they're open, by the shop's uh, quality rating, which uh, we, we provide on the site through consumer surveys, by price. We even show the distance from where the consumer is staying when they are traveling to where the bike is, where the bike resides. So uh, make it really easy for bike shops to rent bikes. We make it really easy for consumers to rent bikes. And uh, it's, it, it's kind of funny. This is a business that was born out of frustration. We're, we're all avid cyclists. I mean, I rode 4,000 miles last year and uh, was traveling on business and found it very frustrating when I wanted to keep up my routine and, and ride and I couldn't, I couldn't find a, a good rental bike. And so uh, this was actually born on, a, on an airplane. And like uh, most good concepts, it went from, from cocktail napkin to business plan. And uh, we haven't turned around since. So it's, it's been very exciting. And I, I am also excited by the response and reaction that we're getting. It's just, it's been amazing. So the show's been open for just a couple of hours now. This is the first time you've rolled this out to dealers, and you're swamped. Oh, we, 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 <laughs> we've got them lined up several deep for sure. They, uh, it's almost a little embarrassing because we have been one of the most popular booths in our neighborhood, I'll call it that, and uh, just have people lined up outside our booth, and the people next door are kind of, kind of looking you know, a little, little, little sad. And they're like, what, what are they doing? Well, we're giving away T-shirts. Um, and, and having a lot of fun, and we are creating a great deal of interest. We've gotten uh, some good exposure, and uh, people are starting to talk. So now the site really isn't live yet. I mean, you can't go on right now and find that rental bike because right now you're, you're signing up the dealers. When do you expect that it will be available for consumers to use? We are, you know, step one is to sign up the bike shops and get their, their listing of available rental bikes. Step two is make it available to consumers, and that is in December uh, of this year. Um, some people kind of scratch their head and say, December, okay, well, I actually ride year-round in Chicago, uh, where I'm based. Um, however, we expect uh, the bulk of the business will take place in the warmer southern states initially, uh, but then we'll have a pretty aggressive uh, advertising campaign rolling out in the spring, and hopefully the, the nationwide network will be up and very active uh, in the spring. But December is our official launch. Now, for the consumer... Um, for instance, you know, I like to ride a, a high-end road bike. So I'm going to Dallas, and I'm going to be there for a week on business, but I need a bike to ride. Uh, do you expect that people will be able to go on the site and say, be able to pick and choose? Yes, that's a high-end road bike. That one's a little bit too low-end for me. Will they really have that kind of a choice in, that they can dial in for the kind of bike they're looking for? Exactly, and that, that's kind of the whole idea. Is it's the existing way of getting rental bikes is you know you go on the internet and you try to try to you know you, you'll Google something and you'll try to find a bike shop and you don't know that it's close to where you're traveling to. But let's say if you determine that it's it's close by, you go to their website and it says we rent bikes. And that's pretty much the extent of the information. So you call them up, and your reservation resides with some guy who works there, and he writes it on a cocktail napkin or on a slip of paper or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, they they are entering very specific, detailed information about their bike. So if you have very specific needs, you know, I'm, I'm I want a triathlon bike, I want a high-end carbon bike. We are creating the marketplace and bringing you know people that have got that have rental bikes and people who want rental bikes together. Go on the rental car website. You say, I'm looking for a four-door midsize. They show you exactly what it is. You're talking about the same sort of a concept. Absolutely. It just it becomes amazingly simple and specific. It is. It has been compared to some of the car rental sites. I mean, you just you know exactly what you're going to get. And uh, what, what about the cost to the consumer? Is it costing them anything extra to go through you as opposed to going directly to the, the store? Good question. The, there is a $5 service fee, uh, which is on our site, and that is that is... That's the extent of our extra fee. Uh, the bike shops set their own prices, and the same prices online uh, are guaranteed as what you will find in the bike shop. Seems like a great idea. It's rentabikenow.com. I don't need to tell you good luck, but good luck at the show. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. So earlier I talked to a gentleman who puts together a website for if you're traveling and you want to rent a bike. But what if I want to bring my own bike? i got to put it on an airplane hassle with it at the airport. It's going to cost me a lot of money, but I'm with Dennis Olson from aircaddy.com. Tell me about your product. So let's say I'm traveling to Dallas. I want to take my bike. Tell me about Aircaddy and how it works. Well, if you'd like to get your bike there a little bit easier and uh, more safely, you can just give us a call uh, or go to shipbikes.com or aircaddy.com. We'll ship that box to you uh, disassembled, and then once you get it, you assemble it. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes uh, and pop your bike in there. All you got to do to disassemble the bike is take the front wheel off and pop the seat tube out and that uh, seat post out, and that, that's about it. Versus uh, just a standard rectangular box where you got to take the fork out and everything. This way, it maintains all of your adjustments, and uh, you know, just in terms of the hassle of dealing that with that at your hotel or your airport or anything, this makes it a lot a lot easier. And, and also on top of that, is uh, instead of bringing it on the airplane, you also have the option of shipping it FedEx ground. Which, uh, with the over overage charge that uh, airlines are charging now, it costs about the same way, uh, same amount to do that. And a lot of the racers and triathletes and stuff that we speak to actually prefer to do that. That way, you don't have to mess with it at the airport. It's just waiting for you at your hotel. So again, what's great is uh, first of all, this is sort of a wedge shaped box, so that everybody has an idea of what it looks like. It's got handles on it. Uh, it's got some pretty beefy cardboard and uh, then it's got a fork mount for the bike Uh, tell me a little bit about the protection that it will afford to a bike well, uh, our one of the one of the, we made a decision really early on to make the box out of cor- cardboard. I mean, it seems a little bit strange to make a reusable box out of cardboard like that, uh, but cardboard more than any other material can really take a beating. It's flexible enough that, like a bicycle helmet, as a, it'll absorb that impact and it'll over time take a toll on its box. And then there's a replacement charge that's that's very cheap to replace all the cardboard components on that. Uh, but the way the bo- bicycle situated in the box, it's really insulated from any sort of disastrous force that could, you know, could uh, uh, be put on the bike. Uh, the bikes generally get the most beat up when they're on an airplane. I mean, we've seen bikes get impaled and crushed and everything. We haven't actually lost a bike like this. But even a plastic case has a limited shelf life. Those things will blow up, every, uh, you know, eventually. Uh, whereas even if you have a really extensively damaged air caddy, uh, your, your bike... It, in all likelihood, will not be damaged. So you were telling me a little bit about the difference between if you just ship it directly with UPS or if we use your negotiated rate with FedEx Ground. Um, Tell me what it might cost someone versus what it would 
uh, let's say I'm shipping it from the West Coast to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if you just drop this bike off at like a UPS store or something, it, it of course is an oversized package. So you could typically be paying anywhere between maybe $120 to $180 uh, for, for, a, for a coast-to-coast trip. Uh, whereas through our rate, it, it, it varies between about $50 to $80. So in terms of a trans, uh, transcontinental uh, trip, that'd probably be about $80 to $85 with insurance, uh, including insurance rather. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's marginally more expensive than shipping a box in a standard uh, rectangular carton, uh, but it'll last a lot longer and it's a lot easier to deal with. And it'll protect your bike as well. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about the process. Somebody's interested, they go to your website. How does it work from there? Sure. You just go to our website and you can place the order for the Air Caddy there. It's $120 with freight and that sh- we'll ship it out uh, usually same day via UPS. You get that box and then you go to shipbikes.com. It's all laid out for you in the instructions uh, pamphlet that we give you. Once you're on shipbikes.com, you, st- you plug in your starting and your ending address. Uh, it can, you can either ship from a business or a residence uh, or you can drop it off at a Kinko's. It, it basically spits out your waybill that you stick on there. They scan it with a barcode and it goes on a truck. Sounds pretty simple. It's aircaddy.com and shipbikes.com. Good luck at the show. Thanks. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Fredcast. I know I said I wasn't going to come in at the end, but I just wanted to remind you one more time, 9 a.m. Pacific time on Thursday. Go to www.thefredcast.com. I'll be giving you all the information live blogging the Lance Armstrong press conference from here at Interbike in Las Vegas. And then at the end of the day, don't forget the mobile social Interbike. Information on both of those events is at www.thefredcast.com. So, day three of Interbike is over. Two more days to go. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy the music. But most of all, enjoy the ride. <laughs>